Welcome to another episode of Civil Service Season 3. This is an episode of two girls and one city. Istanbul. Istanbul, which as Mehmet says, You can find whatever you want. A dominant theme of this episode is exploring the history of Judaism, Christianity and Islam within what used to be Constantinople and how they interact today in Istanbul. According to Mehmet, uh, Look, if you are Christian, you can find church. If you are Jewish, you can find Hawra. If you are Muslim, you can find mosque. If you like sea, you can find sea. If you don't like sea, you... So all the religions are compatible here? Yes, yes, yes. No problem. We are all human. Oh, that's lovely. The main thing me and Brian notice is that people do not like to talk about the government. So if you mention the president, they will either gesticulate to stop recording or make a remark such as, I hate the guy. Example number one. Because of the politics, somehow. Yeah. What do you like the president? I hate him. Why? <laughs> if they hear me, they will say this is his terrorist. But <laughs> <laughs> We won't say your name. Shh. Example number two. He's close with... Who are, his, who are his allies and what does that mean, him being close to the government? What are his views? Does he have dodgy views? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I feel like people are afraid to talk about the government. Yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. But you like his art. So we steer away from politics and we delve into much more lightweight subjects, such as the reinterpretation remodification of the three holy texts, the Torah, the Quran, and the Old and New Testament. And these heated debates, I must add, are with three wonderful Syrian boys, Reis, Karim and Abdul, who really give you their insight into this debate. Yeah, so they just make a New Testament and they put some new updates. Yeah, but some that's, new that's stuff. the idea. Updates is not, were not made by Jesus, regardless if you believe that Jesus is a messenger or not. But since they were not mentioned by Jesus, then were mentioned by people, then you cannot say that this is Christianity. This is just uh, made up by people. So for me, no, Christianity, what represents Christianity is the Old Testament. Now, this is the ultimate guide to Istanbul if you're planning a visit or are there at the moment because you get some well-informed history from a man, race, who lived in Istanbul for two years, as well as some geography and some tips and advice about the city. And if you thought things couldn't get any more exciting, we also have Bria Campbell, the crypto queen, giving her insight into Rafiq Anadol at his exhibition in Istanbul, his home city. The digital artist of Turkey becoming a global phenomena. He creates amazing audiovisual installations and really fits into this new emerging category. Well, not new, I'd say emerging category of immersive art. And by that, I mean art where you are fully immersed in the room of the space for which the art resides. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. You are the symbol of this movement. Even worst enemies are deeply, fundamentally the same. The father of lies, rather than the father of history. Say I did it, and I'm the guy moving it, and I'm the artist. My greatest pain, but therefore my greatest pleasure. Why is it that we don't like spiders? Let's start off with the Hagia Sophia to discuss the complex melange, excuse my French, of religions within Istanbul. Because no building 
no building demonstrates the different religions played out in this region than the Hagia Sophia. So, what does it mean? The Church of Holy Wisdom, from the Greek Naios te Hagias to Theos Sophias. It is the late antique place of worship in Istanbul, and I believe it's one of the ancient seven wonders of the world. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm going to start off with an explanation, then I'm going to go back to Bria, who is at the Hagia Sophia, speaking from the horse's mouth. So let's start off with what it was originally. Well, it was a pagan temple originally, um, ordered by Constantine I in in 325 AD. Now, the Edict of Milan was around 340 AD, so this is just before Christianity was becoming the dominant religion in Rome. Now, there was a fire that erupted. Then it was rebuilt by the Roman Emperor Justinian I, now as a Christian cathedral of Constantinople for the state church of the Roman Emperor. This was the world's largest interior state at this moment um, to employ a dome. This is textbook Byzantine architecture, if you're into architecture. This is really something that you want to see. And then, after the fall of Constantinople to the Ottoman Empire in 1453, a really key date, we have the Hagia Sophia being converted to a mosque by Mehmed the Conqueror, and then it became the principal mosque of Istanbul until 1616. And it still remains today, and it's stunning. Now we're going to ask Bria, what strikes you the most about the Hagia Sophia? I think for me, the most interesting aspect, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the top that is being refurbished that we couldn't see, but it was that kind of seamless merging of religions. So we had the Madonna and Child mosaic at the, like, height of the back of the church, the potentially the most holy point of the building. And it was covered, it was a mosaic, a golden mosaic, which seemed to be in quite good nick. Um, but it was actually covered by um, strips of material. And I was just thinking, it struck me that in the history of art, iconoclasm, iconoclasm literally meaning image breaking um, and referring to a recurring historical impulse to break or destroy images for religious or political reasons. Um, it's, it's common in the history of art from the dawn of time. So, for instance, ancient Egypt, the carved images of some pharaohs were obliterated by the successors. Uh, during the French Revolution, the images of kings were defaced. Um, and probably one of the most famous examples was the local iconoclasm, sorry, which spanned both the 16th century Reformation and the English Civil War of the mid-17th century. So this was not unique to England. The disagreement of statues and paintings was a common form of iconoclasm. Several statues, paintings, instead of being utterly destroyed, has the nodes and hands stricken off for the former and the face's hands scratched or, or marred for the latter. The evidence of iconoclastic destruction from the reigns of Henry VIII, Edward and other you know, kings, Mary I, Elizabeth I, are still visible and exist today. But in this instance, that doesn't seem to have happened and it seems kind of like a harmonious blending. Considering the history of this country and the bad stuff that's gone on, this seemed like a totally sacred place, a place of quiet worship that was welcoming for everyone. When we asked Mehmet about the history of Christianity and the Hagia Sophia and how that affected his, his prayer there, he was typically uber-relaxed. It doesn't matter, like, changing the time. Christians, they were living there, now Muslims yeah. living. Maybe in the future, who knows who will mm. live. Okay, Rose, 
tell us what this prayer noise is. So, uh, this is called Adhan, uh, or as, as they pronounce it in many dialects, Azan, though the original pronunciation is Adhan, uh, which is like called for prayer. So basically when five times a day Muslims pray or have to pray normally, uh, so yeah, it's for each time when this call of, uh, to prayer starts, you are you can start there, you can pray. So basically, normally, for example, let's say the first prayer is the morning one, which is depends on the on the country and the time. Let's say at four or five a.m., you cannot pray it until you hear the call to prayer. See. Who starts the call to prayer? Uh, so we call the guy or the person who does it more then. So basically, Muazzin is the guy or the person who does the Adhan. So the guy who calls for prayer. Anyone can do it. You don't need to, like, you don't need any specific education to do it or anything. But the idea is usually they pick up only people with a nice voice. People who can... Uh, so it's, it's basically like music, where we like singing. So they don't, the, the person who knows how to control the different uh, levels of his voice, knows how to go higher and, uh, and lower and like this. Oh, that's, so it's, it's purely based on the sound of their voice rather than like religious superiority totally totally it's, it's actually music it's singing yeah it is it is such a beautiful noise uh, just personal opinion uh, I think that normally uh, or the guy who calls to, to prayer uh, I think that when you go to a non-Arabic country uh, you don't always have nice voices because people even if they do have uh, the voice but they might find difficulties in pronouncing the letters some, some letters and this is why actually you would hear nicer ones when you go to an Arab country uh, like uh, for example the ones that they call to prayer in, uh, in Syria like you rarely find someone who you say like oh he doesn't have a nice voice you always would hear it and say like such a nice voice in, uh, in Saudi Arabia they have the same but in Turkey personally I'm not a big fan of the voice but I understand them it's not easy for them to pronounce all the letters Now for my favorite part of this episode, the debate between Thrace, Kareem, and Abdul. Outside the St. Anthony of Padua church, which is now run by Ita Italian priests, about the reinterpretation and remodification of the Holy Scriptures. When did the Pope visit this I church? I really don't remember the year. I think it was like five, six years ago. I think 2016 or 15. Yeah, I paid a and visit. The Pope, and the Pope visited the president here in this church. He visited the church and he met the president. I'm not sure if they met inside the church, but yeah, they met. He met the president, and uh, it was the same period where there was some discussions about about the genocide with the Armenians or something. So I'm not sure, but I guess it was one of the topics that was discussed between the Pope and the president here. But it's interesting because this monument says to Pope John, friend of the Turkish people, which is, you know, obviously saying like Catholicism and Islam connecting together. Well, I mean, obviously they are just another version of each other. And that's it. Personally, this is a personal opinion. I mean, if for me, like, uh, uh, like Judaism, Islam and, and, uh, and Christianity, even with, the, with their different groups, uh, or that is are like can let's say if you have Android or iOS and basically you have like just different <laughs> updates of them and that's it. Seriously, for me it's just like Christianity was an updated version of, of Judaism and then Islam was an updated version of Christianity. 
and this is how I see it. So basically, it's like you had some issues with the system, and then you updated them, and this is how how I see it. I think that uh, Islam is more similar or updated from Jewish, Jewism. Yeah, Judaism. Judaism. <laughs> Not from Christianity. Because Christianity is... is uh it's different than, than it's Islam. There is a lot of It's not at all. Actually, it's it's very. They are really updated version. But the only difference is, Judaism and Islam are more conservative. So they kept the old, uh, the old uh, traditions. traditions. While Christianity is up to date, and this is why now we see it as a different one. But actually, if you go to the original text in Christianity, it's perfectly the same. Even Christ, even the Bible, it's it's actually mentioned in the Bible, like many things that exist in Quran are literally mentioned the same in, in, yeah, uh, yeah, in of course. But, but for example, uh, pork eating. In, in Christianity, it's, it's forbidden. You cannot eat pork. You, you have it in Bible. You cannot eat pork. In the Old Testament. Yeah, in the Old Testament. So That's it's the, the stuff from Jewish, but the New Testament, you can. No, the Old Testament is Christianity. It was, it was by, by, by Jesus. The Old Testament is by Jesus. It's not, it's, it's totally Christianity. The only thing is the church, years, decades, around how many years later, they started to update, so they changed text in the, in the, in the Bible. And this is why they said, okay, now we, we eat pork. Okay, we eat pork. But actually, if you go to the original text, in the Old Testament? No, it's forbidden. You cannot drink alcohol. You cannot eat pork. pork but it's forbidden in Christianity. Not even no, in, in because uh, in for me, as as far as I know, that the Old Testament is the same. It, they Christianity took it from Judaism. Yeah, well, Judaism was the first. So. Yeah, but Judaism. So they just make a New Testament and they put some new updates. Yeah, but some that's, new that's stuff. the idea. Updates is not were not made by Jesus, regardless if you believe that Jesus is a messenger or not. But since they were not mentioned by Jesus, then were mentioned by people, then you cannot say that this is Christianity. This is just uh, made up by people. So for me, no, Christianity, what represents Christianity is the Old Testament. And hard to say. Hard to say. No, I th- I mean, I th- even theologically speaking, like uh, it's, not, it's not entirely forbidden to Man, introduce you can... new um, t- testaments or something to, to religion. Well, I just think people have reinterpreted it. Or reinterpret the, the script exactly. So it's, yeah, but that's the thing. That's made like by inherently. People. It's not. Yeah, but it's. I mean, you can't say it's. This is not Christianity. Modern Christianity is not like so far away from from, from original. Okay. Even look, if there is new. Nobody, inter- nobody said how far it is. This is not my topic. My topic is was it changed? Yes. Even many, but many, even many pr- priests cannot cannot deny this. They admit it. Even I, we can go together now to any any place where they have old Old Testament. And the old, on the new one, and I even can challenge you that some texts you would find them in one Bible, and you find them the same in the New Testament in another Bible. So because you, no, it's not like Quran; you have they have different Bibles. So for example, like you can find the text that was supposed to be in to to to, to be in the first Bible written in the second or the third Bible in the New Testament. So basically, even when they changed, they moved some text from one to another. So it's there's an obvious change in the in the in the text. I don't think so. Uh, they did this experiment. It's not something I'm, I'm talking about. They did this experiment, and and you can it's proof that they, they changed the text. I, I personally believe, like I haven't made enough research into it, but I personally believe all holy books have been modified, but uh, undeliberately, like possibly a lot of interpretation or translation mistakes, and that was quite common because a lot of languages were not so standardized back then. 
including Arabic, which was like the original uh, language for Quran. Persian, wasn't it? No, it was Arabic. Arabic. But Arabic. Back in the days, you didn't have punctuation and accentuation. Yeah, it was totally shit. different so, yeah. than what we have so today. So the, the, the possibility for misinterpreting the text was huge. So I believe every, literally every holy book has been uh, modified or misinterpreted. Misinterpreted, or, I agree. Or, or that's normal to happen, but, yeah. but, but changed in an obvious way, no, and or, it's not the same. Or, or, or at least we cannot prove it now. I think there have been so many, like I spotted so many verses uh, or passages even from the Bible where, where, you can, uh, where you can easily tell, okay, like this vocab has been translated differently to a, to a different language like even a, a slight difference between English and German yeah you know, I mean that happens see, all the time like yeah. in, in like the Iliad for example Helen of Troy in the original like Greek version she's called a whore and now when we reinterpret it we translate it as a woman like you reinterpret it all the time using like modified language yeah, yeah. I mean that, exactly. actually that's going far from my point because for me misinterpretation happens normal because of the language differences because it's, I mean also cultural differences okay I agree but for Judaism and Islam the difference from Christianity is there is no clear proof that you had like that intentionally you changed the text okay maybe it happened I don't know but there's no proof that you intentionally changed the text and what there is, is Christian no proof also in, that in Christianity there are hundreds of proofs. We can go together and I show you that the old. You can just put the same, the same Bible, the old one and the new one. You, you don't need anybody to tell the you. The old one. It. It's two different stuff. There is yeah. no old one and new one. There is the old one and the new one, and you can read and you can see that they are they are different. Like the text, the many 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 pages, the text was was changed. What do you think? What about, what about the now? difference between yeah. the old and the New Testament? Yeah. yeah, I mean they're completely different texts in ah. so many ways. Yeah, I completely think. different, but it's not like I took this and I put a, I changed exactly. a little bit. But they exactly. just have different stories different as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the new one has Jesus; the old one doesn't have but, Jesus. But for that's example. the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. They, they basically they changed a lot. That's the thing. The difference is Judaism, Islam. They are more conservative about it, this. You cannot change it. That's the thing. You have to you, you have to repeat it literally the same. I if it's go on, sorry. Yeah, it, you cannot even change the way. Like even pronounce it. Like if the word is pronounced like this, you have to pronounce it like this. this you is, cannot change it. Yeah, but it. this is this is the part where I disagree because I think this is also a part of uh, both uh, Judaism and Islam to trick you into thinking that the, 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 the script has been maintained so well over the years but I think it is not, it is not so no, well. No, no, of course I not. I think it has been modified so badly. I, I had a, uh, my grandfather had they, a Quran they, written they, with hand Yeah. So and my grandfather while he reads he found a lot of mistakes Yeah. and he put every everywhere where there is a mistake he put a, like a small paper and, and correct it. Yeah, so this is the let's, image. That's, that's, yeah, that's not yeah, the yeah, proof yeah, yeah, for anything. Yeah, that's Isn't not the a proof for anything. But do you know word, that Quran was written not originally, when yes. Muhammad was yeah, alive? Yeah, I know, but so, it has been so the Quran was written after, like 20 really years after yeah, Muhammad was spoken, dead. spoken, not written. Yeah, but that's the idea. Because that's the idea. Now, if I tell you a sentence tomorrow, you will you will you will change it if you have to repeat it. That's the thing. the difference they they the thing they made 
is you're certified in a way that refers refers until you arrive to Muhammad. So you cannot hmm. even get a certified that certified that you know Quran by heart until that the reference goes to Muhammad. Okay. So the thing is that a way that they made it since that time until today in a way to keep it that everyone in the world have is, is knows the same text. But, and that's the thing. But why also also Quran written in, 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 in different ways. This. There is like seven versions of Quran. Mm. What seven versions? The one that we have in Syria. It's the the Ottoman, that's the Ottoman the writing. version. That's the writing. Yeah, writing. Not the same text. Yeah, but no, but come on. No, it's the same text. It's the, 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 the writing is different. It's, the font is different. The pronunciation is different. The same writing. The pronunciation is different. I cannot, for the so, life of me, uh, it's different. I, so it's different. <laughs> no, it's the same word. It's the same, the same, the same meaning. Everything is the same. It, See, the writing, the font is different. It's like Times Roman and then Calib Calibri. Uh, that's not a change. Well, it could be because, like, even the punctuation in the Ottoman uh, calligraphy is different than, than in Arabic. Any, so anyway, look, for me here, I'm not here to defend Quran if it's changed or not. And what I'm saying is the change in Bible is super obvious, and this is why I think that I still believe that Christianity was an update from Judaism. Islam is an update of Christianity. But today, why we why Christianity appears to be different than both of them? Only because Christians, or at least let's say the the ones who uh, let's say, for example, the Vatican or the Church, or they agreed they on 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 uh, keeping Christianity up to date. So from even now, you see that in in, in Vatican they're discussing uh, homosexual, homosexual marriage. marriage. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in Scotland they just legalized yeah. it. So the thing is. Christianity agreed to keep it up to date. From time to time, they change things, and you can see that obviously every day. While in Islam, Judaism, you cannot even suggest this because it's not welcome. There is no such thing. Yeah. Okay. About this that. About that, I don't see it because we are speaking about very recent events. You know, um, making like uh, homosexual marriage legal or whatever. Um, it's a very recent thing compared to the history of Christianity. So I can, I can, I, do, I think it's an oversimplification to tell like this is an update or whatever, right? Um, I would rather say it's more of a cultural thing because now the 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 weight like the the West is the center of culture. So we live in our modern day. Uh, this is pretty much the reason for Vatican have been and also also like in Islam there is some updates also. Do you know what is Qiyas, for example? Do you know how do you yeah. how do they do that like yeah you use the they compare to yeah they use like yeah to to say oh this is haram this is halal this is around this is this is forbidden they also have something to update stuff because for example what what about weed there is nothing written in Islam all Islam or Quran or anything Muhammad said related to weed there is nothing written related to uh, pedophile. Yeah. So, how do you say that pedophilia is not good or forbidden in Islam? So, the people start to make an update. Oh, okay, we can, we can consider it like this. There is something happened in the time of Muhammad. That, and he said that. He, you know, it's, it's always like this. So, also in Islam, there is updates. Because uh, not, that's, not that's all the stuff are written in Islam. to changing the whole text, for God's sake. It's like I gave you a book yeah, but written I, by, I by George about Orwell. The, and then the you change it you by, change by it words from Albert Camus. You know, it's yeah. not about changing but what you isn't write. isn't it often it's changed to control people a lot of the time? And That's another topic. For I me, I'm, 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 so. not, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to defend. For me, it does. I'm not here to say it, this is good or evil. This is not my aim. I'm not here to defend Islam. 
for me, my idea is, no, the change is super obvious. The change is not comparable to the one in Judaism or Islam. I'm not, I cannot say that there is no... no, there is no change. It's, it's in everything, almost... In everything there is, even in Judaism. Because in Judaism, there is no such thing as, for example, like you have to go back there and kick people out to take the land that God promised you. That's not written, actually, but to, in Judaism, okay? Like, there is, you, you are the, the people who were chosen by God and the Holy Land or something, yeah. But it doesn't mean you go and take the land and kick, kick them out. This is not, not part of Judaism. But they use it. So even in Judaism, there are people who they use, they change things, yeah. But if you check their culture, their religious uh, instruction, whatever, you can see that it's much more conservative than Christianity. Christianity, no. You can see, like, clearly the change is happening every, really every few decades. It's really hard to I do actually agree with Ruth. On, on that, like, particular note, is, I mean, undeniably, Christianity is like, updating. I mean, often to control people as well. Yeah. I'm not saying it's Even all, Islam it's and all Judaism for the to control people, of course. Yeah. I'm just going to lighten up the, uh, the flow a bit with some fantastic salesmanship from the local Istanbul lad from the Grand Bazaar. And yes, obviously I bought the jacket. I'm gonna try on the street. <laughs> My goodness, you are so... Holland. Oh, you're from Holland? No, no, we're, we, um, we're from England. England. Did you say Holland? I get that a lot. Why okay. people say that? But you're very small. <laughs> um, oh, it's I suppose. real nice. Oh, oh God's God sake! She's gorgeous. Of course, oh. it's pure silk. There's the cross stitch. It's all hand done. One of this tablecloth, I cut. I make the jacket. Two jacket I can take. That's just got to be the most stunning jacket. You want to see another one with blue also? <laughs> this guy, he's loving it. Just this is with so pomegranate. Five thousand two hundred left. No. How much? How much? Those are actually is the normal price. I see the people; they are certain middle age. They have money. We don't. The women are like the old bird. <laughs> they like them just to see. I asked them three thousand two hundred lira from you. Just two thousand lira. How much is that? Hundred quid. <laughs> I have one low quality, same kind, which is our needle point. I can do it for you, 80 quid. And here we are in Elena Vintage in Istanbul with the hot mess, Gareth. And he's here to tell us about his opinion on Rafiq. And then we have Bria who takes, takes the main stage, to say the least. Wait, so wait, with Rafiq, so he's, is he quite famous in Turkey? Yeah. Just because he's uh, like the most famous artist at the moment. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Because I asked a lot of people, but a lot of people didn't really know who he was. But but he's he's because he just become like in last one of NFTs or two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And what he's he's close with the government. Yeah. So you don't like that? No, for sure. <laughs> Specifically, he's close with who are his who are his allies, and what does that mean? Him being close to the government. What are his views? Does he have dodgy views? Oh, I, <laughs> I feel like people are afraid to talk about the government. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But you like his art. Mm, yeah, some of them is nice. I mean, I just like the idea, not his art. But okay, yeah, you like yeah. the AI component yeah. of it. It's pretty groundbreaking, I think, because I'm always trying to work out why is his art different? Do you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people using AI, but I'm trying to work out, I think he uses 
the biggest data sets and he does it on the biggest scale. Yeah, because I think. he has so many sponsor about yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. He's got a massive team or studio. Yeah, and the money. And money. <laughs> yeah, because he sold a work at Christie's the other day for like a million something, which is like really, really good for an artist who's as young. And well, he's not even young, like early, because he hasn't had much success before NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, so it's made it, you know, it's helped his sales. But exciting. You, you don't like the guy. Personally, <laughs> you can't say this on video. On no. <laughs> no, you love him. Okay, <laughs> wrapping it up. About to enter the immersive experience of Rafik Anadel Studio. This exhibition is called Roomy Dreams. This is digital art. But hey, I'm not the connoisseur, but there's one right beside me. Talk to me, Bria. What's going on here? So Rafiq is a really interesting artist because NFTs have really catalyzed his success. Um, he creates amazing audiovisual installations and it really fits into this new emerging category. Well, not new, I should say emerging category of immersive art. And by that, I mean art where you are fully immersed in the room or the space for which the art resides. Um, Specifically, Rufik, uh, he excels in site-specific public art composed with parametric data as sculpture. So he coined the expression data painting. I think it was around 2014. So he's basically using pixels as paint. Um, his work really explores the space among digital and physical entities by creating a hybrid relationship between architecture and media arts by using machine intelligence. So, for instance, his machine learning algorithms were commissioned to work with the SALT research collections, as we actually saw, and he employed machine learning algorithms to search and sort amongst 1,700,000 documents. Interactions of the multidimensional data found in the archives are, in turn, translated into immersive media installations. So, he basically, breaking it down to create AI art, artists write algorithms not to follow a set of rules, but to learn a specific aesthetic by analyzing thousands of images. So the AI learns from the data set in order to create something beautiful. The algorithm then tries to create and generate new images in adherence to the assessors it has learned. Does the same theory apply with NFTs that they can't be scammed because they have a particular barcode associated with them? So is that the same here? No, this, this work isn't an NFT. This is just an immersive installation. An NFT, an artist can make an installation and they can make an accompanying NFT, which will be a work that can be seen digitally on... Well, let's break it down again. An NFT essentially is a digital receipt. That's all you need to think about. So this artwork itself, the artwork itself isn't the NFT, although some artists use blockchain technology within their work. This is a digital artwork that doesn't have an NFT attached to it, I don't think, but his other work would be digital artwork with an NFT attached with it. Mm. I'd also just like to point out that we just queued for an hour and a half outside the Istanbul exhibition. So we're talking huge, copious, oodles amount of people gasping to see this exhibition. I don't think I've ever queued outside for an hour and a half for anything in my life, but here we are today and I'm excited. I have to say that, you know, even though my best friend Bria works 
in crypto art. I've always digital been digital art. Digital I don't art. Like the expression crypto art. It, uh, crypto art for me is very like kitsch, not very attractive. It's a t- certain type of digital creation that's been come to be associated with NFTs, but I think it's seriously misunderstood. And Rafiq Anadol, who has recently sold one of his NFTs and physical works at Christie's for around a million dollars, that was a few months ago, weeks ago actually. Um, he has come to show for me that digital art can be beautiful and it's not what people would associate with the likes of people and other such not so tasteful artists. So is Rafiq is Turkish as well? Yeah, he was born in Istanbul and he's a lecturer. He lectures, he's based in LA and Istanbul. So it's pretty cool that we're in his home city. Yeah, no, as I was saying before you interrupted, I um, you know, you know I've always been a bit skeptical about art not being craftsmanship actual physical craftsmanship but through you know long discussions I've come to a few realizations that it is a different form of craftsmanship just mobilized to the modern world now you know for me it's not the same as going around an art gallery but why does different have to mean inferior and this can be just as meditative actually in a way it's not the same kind of meditation, but you find it meditative, don't you? Oh, completely. I think his um, data sculptures can be extremely mesmeric, extremely relaxing, and can kind of help you see the world through a digital lens, but a new lens, and a lens that is increasingly becoming, you know, the norm for everyday life. Yeah, but we don't really like, I don't really like the idea that this comes the norm for everyday life. I wouldn't like the norm for everyday life to be associated with the metaverse. So I find that, I find that I slightly that? concerning. I don't think this is at all associated with the metaverse. I think this is just using big data sets. And let's not remember that data drives the world we live in. Data is going to be the answer to climate change, the answer to pollution, the answer to poverty around the world. Data is what makes the world go round. And machine and Rafiq Anadol is a modern artist in such a way that he is using data to make art. And I think that's a really novel thing that he's doing. Okay, great. I'm excited. So, excuse the water trickling down in the background, that is a Agi Hamani, a Turkish buff. Uh, so, Bria, thoughts, feelings, attitudes? I think that it was a great exhibition, really long wait time, but just, you know, my biggest qualm with it is that there's absolutely no context towards the exhibition. There was a whole wall and a half where people could have been learning about his process, about AI, about the history of video and digital art in context of his work, but there was just nothing. So you're kind of walking in blind unless you're doing research yourself. And I think that ultimately re-establishes this type of, this fear of, of technology and technology as something that is ununderstandable, like coding and all that kind of, techy, tacky language and lexicon is just re-establishing it by not providing any context whatsoever. And I think it's similar to going into the National Gallery and seeing no text next to a painting. It just wouldn't happen. Why with digital art is it different? Um, that would be my only qualm with it. And I think it should have been slightly longer for the wait time. But, you know, I adore Rafiq. I hold him in very high standards. Um, and I think it was beautiful. And the fact that he's making all those images with pure data is really something quite special. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Civil Service. Please also follow Civil Service on Instagram, civil underscore service. And please, if you have any insights or comments at all on this episode, please email civilservice at gmail.com. Thank you to Bria Campbell, 
uh, the other main voice on this episode and Thrace and Abdul and Kareem for that fascinating conversation and insights and to everyone who listened. You are the symbol of this movement. Even worst enemies are deeply, fundamentally the same. The father of lies rather than the father of history. Say I did it and I'm the guy moving it and I'm the artist. My greatest pain but therefore my greatest pleasure. Why is it that we don't like spiders? 